You're listening to The Caffeine Chronicles with your host, author, and storyteller, Lucy LeMay Chalucci. Tune in for coffee chats and interesting guest interviews as we explore the moving parts of mental health, marriage, parenting, self-love, pursuing our passions, and everything else that goes into creating a joyful life of intention. So go pour yourself a fresh cup and grab those cozy socks. Get ready to dive into all things related to lattes, longings, and leaning into life's challenges. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everyone. I'm really happy to be sitting with you today in your kitchen or living room, or maybe you're like me and you're hanging out in your closet because it's the only place you've got any privacy. Whatever it is, it's all good. I'm just happy that we've got this time together. So something else I'm excited about is the warmer weather that's starting to return. I got some of those brown paper yard bags at the store the other day, and I've slowly been getting into the swing of mucking out the old perennial beds and cleaning up the garden debris from last season. So uh, it's kind of been a challenge for me to focus on the little daily tasks that make up my life. But starting to focus on uh, the garden and the new life that's growing has brought me some much-needed positivity. So I am certainly appreciating that right now. So this is our third and final installment of the Surviving Crisis series, How to Keep It Together in a World That is Falling Apart. So in part one of the series, we talked with Dr. Lassane, a psychologist from Gilmore Psychological Services, and we discussed ways to manage our mental health during the COVID-19 crisis. She passed along some great resources for people who are struggling, as did our guest from episode two, the lovely Marie Van Dusen, a lifestyle and fitness coach who runs her own business, Design Your Body Lifestyle and Fitness Coaching. Marie discussed the importance of nutrition, and gave us some creative approaches to keeping fit at home while we can't access the gym. So if you missed those first two episodes, I would urge you to give them a listen. The links are posted up on my website, thestorytellerspage.com, and you can also find this podcast, The Caffeine Chronicles, on iTunes and Google Play. So today's show is all about surrendering to our difficult emotions during the quarantine period. And I think that uh, many of us have uh, found plenty of ways to keep ourselves distracted from what's going on, which is different. Um, I know myself, I've been channeling as much energy as I can into my creative pursuits. I've been trying to learn how to play piano, and I've been drawing a lot and uh, taking online dance classes. I've been trying to have uh, regular Zoom chats with my family and uh, co-workers and uh, stay in touch with friends when I can. And I've been trying my best to maintain a fitness regime in the basement uh, during my weekday mornings. So all of these things that I have done has been in an attempt to pump myself up, um, which has worked and it's kept me going. But I have to say, it, it's been a real struggle for me to remain focused and motivated on many days. And uh, I know a lot of people are saying that this time is a gift because we get to slow down and appreciate, you know, what's important in life. And I don't disagree with that at all. And I've certainly had my own time to reflect. But in a lot of ways, it's I feel like I've become uh, the grandest multitasker now more than ever, because 
I'm just main, I'm doing more things at the same time and they just all happen to be under one roof. I don't have to leave the house to do any of it. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone else is feeling that way, but just between the, the kids home learning and doing my job online and my husband's job online and um, it, just the sheer exhaustion of mundane tasks like going to do groceries now, which takes forever. I find a lot of that has sapped my energy. Um, and add to that my concerns about my children's education, my ability to retain gainful employment when this is over, and the long-term health and safety of my family members. Uh, it's tough. There are days where I feel like it was a real stretch to get to the finish line. And uh, that doesn't even touch the side effects from having practiced physical distancing for so long now, right? So this is coming up on uh, two months now that uh, we've been trying to avoid people. And I find it interesting how my instinct is now to avoid people, which is completely contrary to my extroverted nature that has always had me poised to seek them out. You know, and I, I have no shame in, in telling you that I miss people. I miss seeing them, I miss talking face-to-face -face with them, feeling their energy, all of that. Uh, I feel like when this is over and we're allowed to get within six feet of each other, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just going to go right up to you and be like, <sighs> you smell good. I'm kidding, I'm not going to do that. That would just be creepy and gross and uh, that would wreck a lot of friendships. So I'll hold back. But you know what I'm, you know what I mean, right? I, I'm sure a lot of you are feeling that way, where you just can't wait to see folks again. And uh, it, <laughs> my husband and I were talking about this, that even though we're in this period where we feel more isolated from people, um, it, it's hard because we're like, the, it's the daily tension of, of, you know, managing the family dynamics in such close quarters. You know, it, it's hard. There are days where it's, um, it's tough for us to all be under the same roof together. It feels like little porcupines who keep brushing up too closely to each other's prickly parts. Which reminds me, what did the mama porcupine say when she kissed the papa porcupine? Ouch. Huh? How about that one? No? No? Oh, I'm getting the thumbs down. Not funny. I liked it. All right. I will not tell any more jokes on the podcast today. How does that sound? But if you uh, feel like you related to anything I said earlier about uh, the stuff that's been weighing heavily on me, please know that you are not alone. And uh, if you happen to be in a sharing mood today, you can head on over to Instagram. You can find me there at Storyteller LLC. And let me know that you heard the podcast today and tell me what your biggest struggle has been with all of this. I guarantee you, you're not the only one feeling the way you do. And when we come back from our commercial break, I will tell you how today's guest is going to help us deal with rather than hide from our negative emotions. All of this and more. The world may be on lockdown, but you still have a job to do, my friend. You're like Batman. You embrace a life of solitude, yet you're always on call. Yeah, just like Batman. Only you're not a billionaire. And you don't have a cool costume or any of his sweet little gadgets. Oh, and your car is a piece of crap. You literally just spent 30 minutes waiting in line at the liquor store just so you could buy yourself a bottle of Baby Duck. Times are tough, but 
just like Batman, you refuse to give up. You are living the dream. At least that's what everyone at your job thinks, thanks to Kaboom, the latest in video conferencing software. Kaboom lets you have a little fun while working from home. Try out any one of the virtual backgrounds, skydiving, mountain climbing, VIP clubbing, and getting a tattoo with Post Malone. Check out Kaboom's Improve My Appearance features. Ladies can choose from virtual hair and eyelash extensions, lip plumpers, and breast augmentation. Gentlemen can peruse the waistline reducers, hairline fillers, mole removers, and facial hair accelerators. Kaboom offers language translation features. Impress your co-workers with your sudden knowledge of French, Spanish, Arabic, Mandarin, and German. Guten Schmeibit! Take advantage of Kaboom's BRB screensaver, a shot of you busy at your keyboard. No one has to know that you're off grinding at Candy Crush in the middle of the world's most boring meeting. With cool features like that, who cares about audio and video glitches, right? And Kaboom's special security feature guarantees your privacy. Anyone who hacks into your meeting will only see a group of people wearing goat heads painting themselves with blood. Nobody's sticking around for that. And the best part? Kaboom is actually the sound you will hear when your computer hard drive crashes. So if your need to WFH has you feeling SOL, give Kaboom a try today. You deserve it. Remember, you're almost as cool as Batman. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed that final segment of fake advertising for COVID-19 essentials. And if anyone out there who's listening has any ideas for more fake commercials, bogus products or services that we can make fun of for your auditory pleasure here at the Caffeine Chronicles, toss it my way. Hit me up on Instagram, at Storyteller LLC, and let me know what it is. If I like your idea, I'll make a fake commercial out of it, and it'll appear in an upcoming episode. I'll even give you a shout-out. How does that sound? Uh, by the way, the vocal talent that you're hearing in these tracks is courtesy of Dylan Parker, a young and upcoming comic on the Ottawa Gatineau comedy scene. He generously agreed to help me heckle the collective human response to the quarantine lockdown. Now, I'm in no way trying to minimize what we're going through here, this is damn tough. Many of us are suffering. But I think that keeping a sense of humor about us will go a long way to see us through a very difficult road. Like it or not, this is the path we must walk for a while. And given the choice, I'd much rather make this journey laughing than crying. We'll use up less tissue that way, right? Conserve those paper products, people. Okay. Let's get the show on the road here and talk about those uncomfortable feelings that we all find so displeasing. One of the things that I find is working best for me to manage my own emotional overload is the practice of being mindful and trying to remain present. Otherwise, I'm so stuck focusing on my problems that I don't leave any room for the solution to present itself or for me to see the bigger picture in any of this. The most effective way I have learned not to be taken over by difficult emotions and keep my seat in the present moment is to have a daily meditation practice. Now, I know that our society likes to throw around a lot of spiritual buzzwords like mindfulness and presence. And let's face it, 
Attempting meditation when you're brand new can often be an exercise in frustration. So that's why I've asked today's guest, Natasha Gray, owner and founder of Union Meditation Studio in Ottawa, Ontario, to join me to explore what we can do to minister to our emotional health and find ways of exploring the COVID-19 crisis from a spiritual point of view. Natasha is a former psychotherapist, as well as the author of the acclaimed children's book, Everyday Superheroes. She was the host of the podcast, The Conscious Living Podcast, which had appeared on the new and noteworthy section of iTunes podcasts. She brings a wealth of experience to the table. And having met Natasha, I can say that she is one of the most grounded and present individuals I have ever met. And that is why I am so thrilled she is joining us today. Natasha, welcome to the Caffeine Chronicles. Oh, thank you so much, Lucy, for having me and inviting me. I'm so grateful to be here with you and have important conversations with you that hopefully touch all those who are listening in some way um, that is of help and of service to them. Yes. Oh, well, I'm thrilled that you're able to make the time to to be with us and and have these conversations because I, I know you're a very busy lady yourself these days. Yes, intentionally busy and intentionally showing up um, very on guard of where my time is invested. And I know what you are up to and the mission that you're on and what you are getting out into the world is extremely important. And that's why I wanted to make sure that that time was set aside for you and for all these listeners who are also setting aside this time. Thank you so much. Yes, we're, we're all getting very good at time management these days. So I wanted to uh, begin by talking about, uh, I know that uh, through Union, uh, you are uh, releasing some Facebook live shows. And there was uh, one that I caught was how to be with difficult emotions, which I thought was so spot on to what's going on with us today. Would you be able to tell us a little bit more about what that is specifically you're trying to teach your audience? Yeah, of course, Lucy. So as we are all kind of hunkering down at home and not able to go out. Obviously, the studio doors are currently closed, but I had a, a massive pull to really continue these practices with people um, so that when they are in their homes navigating, trying to do the best they can during this time, um, that they didn't exclude their practice in some way, that they had um, someone and a platform to call upon to develop skills during this time to to find relief in some way. And so what I've done is completely made Union um, an, an online virtual real-time um, platform where people can um, show up and, of course, meditate, but also do gentle yoga as well as I offer these discussion sessions. And the discussion sessions that you're, that you're talking upon, the Monday lives on Facebook that I do is one of them. And then I also do a private one for union members on Thursdays are basically themed uh, discussions that I will talk about. And that particular one, I obviously have been getting a lot of people saying, I don't know, I don't know what to do with this anxiety. Usually I would go to the gym or I would, you know, go hang out with a friend or do something to ease myself of this panic or fear that I'm feeling or of uncertainty that, of course, inevitably is life. 
but those outlets aren't necessarily available to people right now. So they're having to find new coping mechanisms, new ways of managing emotions that are that are always going to come and go throughout our life as we are in this human form. And so that particular session was geared toward developing skills of how to be with difficult emotions, how to be with anxiety, how to be with uncertainty and fear and grief. And it is an opportunity to learn new ways of not trying to distract or numb or suppress those feelings, which is very easy to do in our world and in our our previous culture, but rather how to be with them and to understand them in a different way, relate to them in a different way, instead of moving into behaviors that we don't necessarily want to do. And that is that is such the, a beautiful gift of being able to learn an oper- and give yourself an opportunity to be with yourself differently. There is an emotion that arises in the body and that emotion, you know, energy in motion, if you will, is nothing to fear. Even if it is a rage or even if it is a, a deep grief or even if it is a deep fear or panic, that will run its course. That energy will move through the body very quickly if we give it permission and we allow it and we don't try and fight it or suppress it and make it go away. But in fact, what keeps it alive, keeps it going, going, we feed it is the stories, the thoughts and the mind that um, perpetuate that and grow that feeling in the body. And so one of the big things that I teach so often is how to really notice a feeling in the body, getting out of the head, getting out of the stories and the thoughts that keep us ruminating and worrying and move into the body and sense where the energy is felt. And when we do that, we break those habitual patterns in the mind that keep that feeling in the body alive. And and there is many different ways to do that, of course, but my whole rationalization for creating union is to normalize our human experience here and to give people tools, to give people skills, to give people an opportunity to explore their bodies, their minds, explore their connection with perhaps their greater source. So I'll stop there, but if you want me to go into more detail, I can absolutely do so. Um, Do do you know what I want to touch on is go back to where you said about how we don't have our usual distractions at our disposal Mm -hmm. right now during this time of lockdown. And I've noticed Mm -hmm. that um, myself, I I tend to gravitate towards many distractions. Uh, Busyness is one of them. I keep Mm -hmm. my phone rocking. And Mm -hmm. um, all of the spiritual literature that, that I've been reading talks about the concept of surrender and not hanging on to our feelings of discomfort but letting them pass through us so i was hoping that you could uh touch a little bit more on that concept of surrender versus distraction and explain how we can apply it to the crisis that we're currently facing throughout the lockdown of the global pandemic yeah that's a great question the human being is always looking 
to move away from pain and toward pleasure. And in our culture, in our North American culture, we have created a system, we've created habits and rituals that support the external world to be that, that place of pleasure. And we also have attached to that external world as also being a place of our pain. And so we are always looking on the outside for, is this pain or is this pleasure? And we're always navigating our external world for those dualities. Surrender. Surrendering has an undertone of becoming aware Becoming aware of the simple yet difficult knowing that we are wanting, we're desiring pleasure or that we don't want to suffer and we want to move away from pain. So when we have these habits, such as jamming our schedules with no time to literally breathe, even though we resent that, right? Even though we crave that, it is so uncomfortable, painful to be in that space of surrender because we don't know what it is. We don't know what it looks like. We aren't trained. We aren't taught how to be with anything that is uncomfortable. So we just continue on the track of doing what the culture says we should be doing. And we follow the trail of our neighbor and what they're doing. And we are on this rat race of busy, busy, go, go. And all for what? All for what? Even though the soul, our, our innate human nature is to connect with this moment in time and this reality in this moment, even if it feels uncomfortable in the body, we aren't taught how to be with that. And so we want to run from it. We don't know what to do with it other than what we're taught, which is to distract, which is to numb. Here's a pill. Here is some alcohol here. I mean, we learn all these things, of course, unconsciously. We're not conscious of it. All we know is that, oh, this thing over here gives me a lot of, of pleasure. It takes me out of my pain. I'm going to continue to do this. Well, we're not aware of this until it becomes so painful. And that is, that is why there is a great gift in pain. There's a great gift in our rock bottom, if you will. There's a great gift in pandemics because that opens us to the idea and just the, the, the surrendering to maybe there is something else. Maybe I have to move into something else because I don't know what else I can do. This is too painful for me to continue. And so the pain is a very beautiful place to be because it cracks us open to a new, it opens us up to change. It opens us up to evolution, to something, to us evolving and growing as human beings. So surrendering is that space we go to when we are in so much pain. 
right? And we literally will surrender to, I cannot do this anymore. And as soon as you let that go, as soon as that happens, then it opens, your whole world opens to new ways of coming in. How can I be different? How can I show up different? What are new habits I can incorporate? What are new rituals that will serve me and all those around me? What is something new? The surrendering isn't necessarily a giving up. It is a letting go. And there's a very big difference between, because so often we don't want to give up, right? We're taught not to give up. But if we can let go, the minute we let go, then we open, we create space for new because we don't, when we jam our schedules, there's no space for new. No, no space for anything. There's no exactly. space for the self. And, and that's, um, that's a big thing that, that I've learned myself with my, my own journey throughout the, the, come, the, the past years of making space for myself. And it's something that I've returned to on many occasions and even uh, now in this situation of lockdown when i've consciously <laughs> made the effort to create this a space for myself uh, there were times where i felt you know everything aside there is still some beauty in this i mean there were moments where and however you define your higher power god or source or universe um, we've been given the gift of pause in the middle of all this illness and death and economic ruin. And I refer to it as a gift because anytime a situation calls for us to examine our life's purpose, of course, it's an opportunity to evolve into more loving and compassionate and sustainable versions of ourselves. But what, what I find interesting right now is that that's so hard to look at it that way with with the things that we're losing right now. So do you feel that this, this pain and this, this process of releasing ourselves and, and opening it, is this, um, are we on the cusp of embracing some significant spiritual shift here? Do you see that that's uh, a route we're headed down with this pandemic? My personal belief is, and this is consciously chosen, this is not how I was born by any means, in fact, I came to it out of that space of surrender because of pain. My belief system that I have adopted is everything is happening for me. Everything is happening for the greater good. With that belief system, when pandemics hit, and this is not going to be the last one, no. When pandemics hit, my being starts looking for the greater good in this. And so when you start looking, when you're focused on the greater good instead of the financial ruin or the death, in fact, I see death as just a rebirth. It, 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 it's, it's the meanings we attach to things that will change our lives. So if I had the, the belief that this pandemic is something that Mother Nature has been giving us or God has been, you know, troubling us with or kind of testing us or, or it's, if I have these belief systems that this shouldn't be happening, I'm going to suffer. 
because my my mind is going to look every crevice of my world for reasons why that meaning should be backed up. If I hold the meaning that this is happening for a very significant reason and very significant purpose that I might not understand, but that somebody, something does, and that it's happening for me and for everyone else, then my mind starts looking for all those crevices in my world of how that is even possible. And so it's a much more empowering space to live because I'm seeing how people are showing up for each other. I'm seeing how the gentleness in, in a smile can offer and shift someone else's perspective. I, I'm seeing how there is an, a new thinking and a new being from people's lives day to day, how that, that pain that they're in right now, juggling all their schedules of trying to homeschool and trying to still work from home and then trying to be in close parameters with many people in their families for long periods of time and how all these emotions are coming up and then not knowing how to do and manage those, they're reaching for something anew. And through that reaching for something anew, they take that with them. So we will never be going back to what we considered normal. And in fact, there was a poll recently done in the US where 90% of people said they don't want to go back to how it was. That's, That's incredible. incredible. That is, that is. I feel like on um, the human consciousness has, has been asking for, for something to change for a long time in, yeah. in how we are living. Yeah, absolutely. And we as humans, again, want to have those realizations come in the form of pleasure. <laughs> but we as human beings, we don't learn often through pleasure. We learn because we've been through pain. How many times have you had and your listeners had an experience in life that was so painful but if you look back on it, you are not grateful and would never want to go through it again, but you're thankful that it happened because of the lessons that you were and the wisdom it then taught you so that you can then share that with perhaps your children or just take that wisdom for the next experience that doesn't necessarily feel good down the road. We grow through pain. And so can you see... Can we change the meaning of our experiences, right? When our child is, is having a hard time and they're losing it, can we see them through the lens of how can I help rather than why are they doing this and how can they do this to me now and, and really kind of self-identifying with it and, and making it about us? Can we, can, we, can we choose to see things that happen in our life through a different lens. And this takes training. This takes time. And it's about the meaning. And as soon as we change the meaning in all situations in our life, then the focus of the mind shifts. And whatever you feed your mind is going to grow. So if we are consistently focusing on thoughts and having thoughts that are, oh my goodness, what's going to happen to how am I going to be able to pay my mortgage next month or what's going to happen to my kids' education and, and all these things. The, if we change the meaning of what this means, 
How is my, how am I going to show up for my, my kid right now? What do I want them to learn through this pandemic right now? What can I learn through this pandemic right now? What, where is the beauty in all this? And as soon as we pose those questions to our mind, our mind is an incredible tool, but we haven't been taught how to use it. We're not taught how to use this. In fact, our greatest way of punishment is throwing someone with their mind behind four walls, solitary confinement, because it is an untrained mind and you will go crazy. We're not trained. And that's why the work that I'm focusing on now teaches people, trains people, where your focus goes, your energy flows, no matter what. And so how can you, how can you train this thing, this beautiful tool in our, in our head? How can you train it to focus on that which is of service to both yourself and all of those around you? And that is one of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves and one of the greatest gifts we can give our children. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more. I think that is the most uh, empowering place that we could root ourselves in right now. And, and it shifts us from a place of being uh, victims to this pandemic to um, kind of feeling like we've got our hands uh, in our own clay, and you know, when we're molding the change. Yes. So uh, we, we start this process uh, with awareness of our feelings, dropping into the body, feeling what we're uh, allowing the feelings to come, not judging them, surrendering to them, uh, being open to the beauty that comes through the pain, and then inevitably that brings the change that we are seeking. It is very easy to you know, teach this in the mind, in the intellectual mind. Yes. It is a whole other experience when you're in it, when you're in the throes of grief, when you're in the throes of fear and anxiety. And that is to offer really a gentle kindness to yourself in those moments. You're going to have judgments come into the mind because that's what the mind does. It judges, you know, is this safe? Is this not safe? So we don't need to judge the judging, right? If we notice ourselves shaming ourselves, we well, shouldn't be having that thought or you shouldn't be thinking or feeling this way. Just noticing that, noticing instead of judging that judgment and, and getting caught up in that layering. But this all takes, of course, time and this takes practice. And it is possible to catch yourself very, very quickly. And in that catching, that is the awareness. And in the awareness is, I would say most of the struggle is not being aware because you, you start creating a space between, oh, I'm aware that I'm reacting right now instead of responding consciously. And in that space, then you can choose differently. You can choose again. You know that there is another, another way. There's another option here. And let me ask my mind to search for that as opposed to consistently unconsciously reacting. Um, out of just plain conditioning and years of decades, even of practicing that conditioning. Okay. So is this, this process that you're speaking to us of right now, is this, is this how you guide your members uh, at union to uh, let go uh, of their pain and surrender to what is, is, is this, is this how you are guiding people to release their pain and embrace inner freedom? It is absolutely one way, Lucy. There, 
there was there is a variety of ways. So just to give you kind of like a back, a little bit of a backstory of where this is coming from. I had been growing up diagnosed with anxiety disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, eating disorders, um, panic disorder, obsessive compulsive, all these different disorders that um, would be uh, diagnosable in the DSM-5, mm-hmm. which is the Diagnostic Statistical manual, manual for Professionals. And with all those diagnoses, of course, came years of different therapies and drugs. And so when I was probably in my late 20s, I was done with it all. It was not getting better. It was not helpful. In fact, it was getting worse because I was consistently talking about the problem and being over and over rehashing the problem and what what was wrong with me. Instead of focusing the mind on what is right and building the skills of what is right. And the stillness practice, when I was in that pain, I then gave up all the drugs, all the therapies that were no longer working and surrendered to something else, knowing there had to be something else. And that's when I actually, when the, you know, students ready, the teacher appears. And I started exposing myself to Eckhart Tolle's work and um, Pepper Children's work. And I started doing some meditating and some stillness practice and started training my mind to consciously focus on what is right. And that is not easy because our brains are designed to look for what's wrong, right? We're, We're in survival. So to do the opposite of that is very, very energy energetically consuming right you have to consciously be choosing to place your mind there to train the mind and because of the dramatic results i was getting in my life from just a stillness practice and 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 exposing myself to environments that were empowering me i years later decided that Therapy wasn't enough for me, both personally as well as professionally. It wasn't. I wasn't getting the results I wanted to see with my with my clients. So I started using a little bit more mindfulness in um, our our quote unquote treatments, and I started seeing dramatic results. And so then I shifted, and I shifted into private practice. And then beyond that, I wanted to create not just. I wanted to get rid of the therapy portion. And really make it a space of just skill building and allowing people to explore their humanness, right? Explore the whole plethora of emotions that we get to feel, not shame or blame any anxiety, not label it as something that we shouldn't be experiencing. If we are, then there's, then there's something wrong with us. That's not true. We, we all get to experience anxiety. It's just an experience. It's not who we are. But the greater culture will say that that's who we are and that that, that's something that is wrong. But what happens is that keeps us stuck. We self-identify as being depressed or as being anxious or I am ADHD. And, And then we start living this out. And so what I teach is really around how do we 
how can we use this anxiety? How can we, how can we see it differently? How, because it's, it's all energy. Even depression is just energy. It's a lower vibrating energy. How can we experience it in the body? How can we allow it to shift so that we're not consistently living there? And that, of course, comes into learning how to become aware of the thoughts in the mind because the mind is always thinking. It's never that the, the mind is going to not think. It's going to think just like the heart beats. But can we become aware of those thoughts? And then can we understand how those thoughts, those consciously how we're aware of them, how they link up with sensations and feelings in the body and how there's this consistent feedback loop between feeling, thinking, thinking, feeling. Mm -hmm. So at Union, we do a variety of, of course, meditations that break those habitual patterns, the old conditioning, if you will, right? The All the string of unconscious thoughts that create anxiety in the body, the string of unconscious thoughts, um, the depressing thoughts that create depression in the body, the string of of victim thoughts that creates victimization in the body all these all these habits that are completely unconscious and stillness practice helps us become aware and then we develop skills of how to move through that reality in the moment and then we are focusing on like empowering and and shifting into more experiences of compassion and love and curiosity toward ourselves as human beings. So when we're fearful, rather than blaming or shaming ourselves for being fearful, how can we meet ourselves where we're at in this moment kindly, just as we would a child who is fearful? How can we train ourselves to meet ourselves there, offer ourselves compassion in that moment? And then what happens is that dissipates, right? The, the fear dissolves when it's met with kindness instead of resistance so we do this again through the discussion sessions that i offer as well as the um, gentle yoga so the yoga isn't necessarily a body workout it's becoming aware of the thoughts in the mind as you're moving your body for example and shifting energy and then all the different meditation sessions they they're all varied as i was mentioning and they're changing too so um, we have a woman who's coming from Arizona, actually, who's going to be teaching twice a week, 15-minute sessions, and they change every week. So um, yesterday she did a calming 15-minute session, and Friday she'll be doing a, uh, a self-love session, and then next week she'll be doing a forgiving session. So all these opportunities, we become our environment. And so if we expose ourselves, if we practice this stuff, it's who we then become. And there's no greater gift than consciously choosing the environments in which we place ourselves in. And are they, are they supporting that woman or man that we want to step into or are they not? Mm. And that is for each and every one of us to decide. Well, we are very fortunate because you have left us uh, some beautiful gifts here today. Uh, aside from your, uh, your very wise words that you shared with us, I understand that uh, there are two pre-recorded uh, meditations that you are leaving the listeners a chance to listen to today, one for calm and one for compassion. 
go into them without any expectation, but just an openness. I think that's a great way for uh, people to uh, experience these beautiful feelings that you're talking about and uh, healthy ways of releasing some of the tension and anxiety mm -hmm. that we're all under and uh, a great way to learn more about uh, the services that Union can provide uh, our community. Thank you very much, Natasha. That's very generous of you. Thank you, Lucy. It's my pleasure. Honestly, it's my pleasure. Okay, well, we have had a wonderful uh, coffee chat today, you and I, and uh, I hope that the listeners out there were able to take as much comfort from your words as I was. This was just fantastic. Thank you so much for making time to be with us today, Natasha. Oh, thank you so much, Lucy. Hey, Mom, what's for dinner? Okay, we all know what this means. Time to switch gears from podcasting to food prep. Today's dinner recipe is for chicken fried rice, and it comes to us from Alyssa Rivers. It's featured on TheRecipeCritic.com. From beginning your prep to finishing your cook, this recipe will be on your table in 40 minutes and makes a fantastic side dish for eating at home or a main dish to take on the go. This recipe will be posted in the show notes along with some of Natasha's beautifully guided meditations and extra bonuses for Caffeine Chronicles listeners. And this includes a 15% discounted virtual membership to attend classes at Union Meditation and Wellness Studio. Just click the link and follow the direction. Easy peasy. Thanks for being here with me. I really enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to subscribe to the Caffeine Chronicles podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can find us on iTunes or at Google Play. See you next time for more chats on lattes, longings, and leaning into life's challenges. Until then. <laughs>